water, earth, fire, air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Elitist Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. podcast about all things Avatar. Welcome back, everybody, to Bending the Elements, and Avatar podcast. Today on the show, we're covering Book 1, Chapter 17, The Northern Air Temple. This is a big one. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, those in between, happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day, National Classy Day, National Bootleggers Day, and National Hot buttered rum day were the writers on this one drinking some of that stuff too or uh, well i'm i'm more saying that this this episode's probably gonna smell something like that maybe not or at least you know two month old bottled rum or whatever it is oh i, I see what you mean that's fair uh, exactly but who were the writers on this one sir yeah the writer on this one was elizabeth welch ehaz now this is her first time writing a full episode for the show but she came on board as a staff writer uh, during the fortune teller. And we will definitely talk about her uh, more as the series goes on. Okay. Yes. And you kind of know her relation though, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how she got the job. This is actually the only show she's ever worked on, even though she has a lot of acclaim uh, within the avatar community. Yeah. Is is that like, yeah. Is, is, is that nepotism? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, but I guess it led to good things, and as long as yeah. nobody lost a job or was denied a job, I guess it was okay. But I don't, I don't know any foul play. I haven't read any of that behind-the-scenes <laughs> stuff with that stuff, kind of nonsense. Oh, there's very little. In fact, I spent uh, at least like twenty minutes looking around if you, if I could even find an interview with her. Um, nothing. She's never spoken about the show. I don't think she did any of the extras. She's just kind of a a non-entity in the Avatar. Uh, fandom i see even though she's very highly acclaimed for uh, some of the episodes that she went on to write yes a silent majority if if that makes any sense and this one was also directed by mr dave filoni seventh episode this season i swear he's probably done after i he's probably going to do the finale and that's it because like um, he has to start work on cg wars because this is getting like too close to it maybe he's with season two like sorry book two but he's gotta stop at some point and do the pilot movie Mm -hmm. i'll quickly do the plot summary here we begin this episode with our group listening in on a fireside chat by an old man who claims to have recently met some airbenders and is overjoyed to hear that there may be some remnant left of his lost culture and so the group heads off to visit the northern air temple but immediately upon arrival and can tell something isn't quite right and although the people seem to share Aang's spirit for fun and flying, it seems their ability to reject gravity comes more from their manipulation of technology rather than control of the element itself. We spent some time learning about the people who've moved into this abandoned air temple and the ways that they've altered the building to aid in their continuation of the airbending concept, but Aang finds their changes to be a disrespectful dilution of his people's history. And when the group witness another piece of the sacred temple being destroyed, Aang takes action to restore order. We meet the mastermind behind all these newfangled contraptions, the Mechanist. 
He's a leader of this group of refugees who've settled in the Air Temple after their village was destroyed by a natural disaster. He explains to Aang that these changes were inspired by the pictures and devices of the old airbenders, and that he thought flying would give his disabled son the same equal playing field as his able-bodied peers. The mechanist's son, Teo, gives them a tour of the temple, and we find out that this temple has at least one room sealed by an element-specific lock and is protected from the changes. But Aang chooses not to open it in order to preserve at least one piece of the temple from the supposed improvements of the mechanist. Eventually, Aang changes his mind and opens the chamber, and it turns out it had been previously opened. And now the mechanists have been using it as a storehouse for new airbound crafts designed for the Fire Nation's troops. They confront the mechanist, and he explains that he had no choice but to develop the weapons for them or risk the future of his village. But unfortunately, right after that, a Fire Nation representative shows up demanding more weapons. Aang interferes, and this kicks into gear a conflict with the approaching Fire Nation troopers. The gang comes together with this group, and they devise a plan of attack against the F Nation troops. Combat ensues, and our group is once again victorious, but we end the episode on a bit of a down note, as we see that the Fire Nation still receive their aircraft from that crafty mechanist. And that's the Northern Air Temple. Right, so, ladies and gentlemen, those in between, get... Your copies, legally, illegally, whatever, digitally, physically, I don't really know. To timestamp zero, and please press play. Um, after three candles, I don't know, snap, what, there we go. Goodness gracious, it's almost going to be a year since we started this, eh? Oh, I know, I was thinking about that, yeah. Oof. The Northern Air Temple. Yeah, so we, we start out with this cute little, like I said, fireside, uh, storytelling again was this one jm animation you just watched it so no this is uh oh it's dr this is kind of ob- this is kind of obvious oh interesting it was very obvious from the start this for some reason maybe not this part but like this immediate beginning part seems fine but mm-hmm. the rest of it the colors all seem like faded out for some reason especially ang like you look at ang's um you look at his clothes from the previous episode um especially his little satchel there his um satchel whatever you want to call it uh where his uh shoulder guards are and he's it, it's just very lighter in red i'm just like what what happened there it's like it's, the colors sucked out of it not that could be a a cool detail excuse me a, a cool detail where his clothes are starting to fade so he's gonna have to like find new clothes or something like that but no they don't do that <laughs> No, that would have been cool. That's okay. Netflix show, do that. Where he's like starting to Sleepy Hollow did that where Ichabod Crane had to like get new clothes from a bunch of LARPers. Do the same thing with Aang where he's gotta start wearing other costumes. I'm not trying to put his costume away or his, his outfit away. It's just like what happened to the time when, you know, last episode when he got that burn from Zhao. Like Oh yeah. When uh what, what, how did he like heal that? Or was that last one? I feel like it was maybe... I can't remember which one that was now. Maybe that was the deserter. Yeah. No, that was... Yeah, that was last episode because the one before that was uh, the, the Batao of the Water Tribe. Yes. Mm. Episode 15 because this is episode 17. So yeah, we're, we're on track sure. for a while. <laughs> Wait, is this the first one that we're doing this year? Yes, this is the first one 2022. Absolutely. Oh, shoot. Okay, I feel like we did... Here we are. <laughs> Doesn't feel like we did that other one long. Oh wait, no, that was that our last one we did for last. I don't even know. Sorry, it's like two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. But um, I just got it paused here at uh, one thirty-three. 
just because I wanted to point 133. out 133. I'm at 121. Yeah, I like the little bugs when the guy goes around like, oh, we just told this story. Give us some money in, in our hat here. Yes. Sokka reaches in his pocket and he's got like a beetle that's like upside down. Like, oh, I, I can't get off my back. But he's also got this little worm. And for whatever reason, the worm just makes me giggle. It just looks funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't, re- I didn't, didn't actually notice that. <laughs> I hope that's not implying something because that would be quite Ooh. suggestive for a kid's show. That's all I'm going to say. It's also curious that his glove only has uh, three fingers. No, that's a thing. That's that's a legit like, I, th- I think that's a legit Inuit thing. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, part, pardon me to all the indigenous up there, but I'm just, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I've seen gloves like that. But I think, well, I'm also thinking of Frozen with Disney, not not um, Iceman in it. But um, yeah, I was thinking <laughs> of Frozen where with Kristoff, he has kind of a similar glove. So I feel like may- may- mm, maybe it's the Sammy, not the, not so much the, the uh the i uh, the, yeah. that's fair the i just said their name i'm stupid they knew it they knew it's thank you wow brain mm-hmm. it there oh but yeah so we get that that story with the old man and starts talking I, I said airbenders in my uh my summary but that was just for kind of simplicity's sake really he says airwalkers no that's fair so a little subtle difference there but yeah, it's. I'm curious as to whom, like, what nationality all these, uh, all these peoples are. I don't think it really mm. matters. Also, hey, by the way, snow. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. We see quite a bit of snow. But they're in the mountains here. They are in the mountains, and it's a subtle. I think. I think it's supposed to be Nepal. Like it's a almost a Nepal-looking uh, area, it, but it's a subtle environmental change of like, okay, we're getting closer to the North Pole. Oh, okay. Yep. Makes I mean, sense. it's called the Northern Air Temple, so I assume it's, you know, located north again, unless <laughs> this planet has a geomagnetic reversal, meaning that north is south and south is north. Well, uh, let's just take your North Pole bit. I, that seems to seem to track to me. But yeah, I just I do wonder some of these yeah people. I wonder if I guess assume they're maybe like Northern Earth Kingdom members who just wear a different clothing. I'm just I, usually Earth Kingdom is associated with green. Oh, but I should probably move past like the first like two and a half minutes here. <laughs> it was important for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, she's wearing her betrothed necklace. She's not completely naked now. Yep. And, and she's wearing it as they they head off following the old man's story and they head to the northern air temple. Which Aang knows because that's where they held the bison nationals. Yeah. And it's quite, quite sad to see Aang here because he's really excited to go, but as he sees the planes flying around, he's like, hmm, I, I don't know about this. Like, they don't quite look like they're... I guess he's not even... I don't know. He seems actively, like, frustrated. Like, this isn't this isn't right. Yeah. Look... Okay, so look at his shirt. Look at his upper part of his shirt below his collar. Look at how, like, garish it is. Color-wise, you... Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I can... I guess I can kind of see it. Not all these shots. Some. I guess it is kind of inconsistent, actually. I'm, I'm not, like throwing dr movie a uh, uh, bone here or no, not a bone i'm not like trying to kick him down or anything like that i'm just like i don't know what's going on with the gun, unless they intentionally did that yeah probably probably not because like i said it it does almost look inconsistent between shots so oh yeah whatever sorry <laughs> i said to point that out but what'd you think of uh what'd you think of this little kind of little bit of competition scene here i i think we needed this because ang has been you know highly competitive this maybe not highly competitive i don't want to say that but 
he's very show-offish sometimes he's he's acting like a kid not in a bad way but you know he's, he's very he's like a kid and he he wants to make everything a game or a competition or something like that you know wants to write the koi fish and in this actually this episode reminds me a lot of warriors of kiyoshi <laughs> funny enough hmm. even animation style but anyway um and he's finally kind of i'm not gonna say met his match but he's certainly like finally being tested with when it comes to gliding and you especially yeah. see that as he's like you know when teo looks at him and then he like looks back and he just has that smirk in his face he's like all right you know what let's let's get serious let's do this yeah a little bit of a fun friendly rivalry i mean teo he probably doesn't know anyone there who has the same mastery as him too so it's yeah kind of fun chance for both of them to kind of test their test their metal yeah well wood i'd say not metal <laughs> well that's fair well there's some metal on there but it's it's more of an expression but... this is true um but also it's interesting here tails wearing goggles and usually in you know there's that character mm. design where you'll always see uh, a character wear goggles on top of their head and they'll mm. never use them they'll, they'll never have them all, or there's no real reason for them to wear them just like oh because it looks cool it's just a aesthetically pleasing choice and it's like but is it practical uh in this case it is although i don't think he often wears the goggles more so even if he had the goggles on top of his forehead they would i think be proper because and me practical sense because he flies around so why wouldn't he have them on all the time yeah i can't remember if they're around his neck or on his head but okay maybe you got a point what do you think about the shot of when he makes the the base of ang up in the sky <laughs> <laughs> yeah also i detect that uh ang is kind of jealous i'd say maybe not jealous but like he would when he gives the whole like you know there's more i can do more things than just fancy flying um mm. yeah he's he's still a bit emotional of like yeah i i wish we uh, I, I wish these were real airbenders but so there's kind of that apprehension there and i guess he's being a a bit judgmental but Again, yeah. this is his, this is his, this well not not his home home, but this is certainly a part of his culture. So he, he he's a little like miffed about this. Yeah, and as the episode goes on, we'll get into kind of the cultural appropriation kind of um, allegory with this this story. Yes, but to answer your question, at four twenty six, it's also at four twenty five. We have a very like peanuts esque uh, mm-hmm. caricature of Ang, just. I want that as an emoji and, or if I was on Twitch, I'd certainly want that as a uh, emote because that is, uh, that is certainly design. Yep. Yeah. It's cute. That's great. And it matches his face. Uh, the next, the next frame, which, which yeah, <laughs> it's great. I love it. It's great. It's, it's his emotion right now. He's as, as the kids say nowadays in a mood. Yeah. And I also like how they set up right away here that Teo is very clearly uh, disabled even though they don't point it out until a bit later in the episode. Uh, yeah. Okay. So he does have, he, so he puts his goggles up on his forehead now for now on his, uh, on his, um, on top of his head for now. I don't know if he takes them off later, but yeah, he's basically, you know, it's, Oh, there you go. Okay. I was wrong on that. Um, I guess like I got the impression immediately when I watched this initially, like when I was a kid that he was disabled just cause he was in the wheelchair and he had those bandages wrapped around his legs. So that kind of indicated, something or, or rather so maybe his legs higher stupid for me to say but maybe he's got um what's the word what's that thing in mononoke um it's, it's day again um 
Oh, I'm terrible. Um, no, leprosy no. or thank you, leprosy. Yeah, but Teo, you know, he's, he very quickly he's like, "Oh, you're the you're a real Airbender. You must be the Avatar." And he's like, "Oh, come check out our place here. Check out what we've done with the temple." And even just the images of the pipes, like being stuck into the wall, so like kind of violently in a way, the way it looks, you know. Yeah, I totally get angst, apprehension about it. So there's one thing I gotta make point out. This episode goes by very fast. Yeah, and maybe not just that, but just the animation itself just makes it go by very quick. Oh, what do you mean by that? Um, we just I, I don't know, like especially with something like the fortune teller and that was maybe more a laid back episode um, mm-hmm. with the action coming at the end. Um, this just is very fast paced. And I, I, I forgot about how like fast paced this goes. I wish this slowed down a bit more, but I think that's the erratic nature with when it comes to DR movie, at least this team that was doing it. Yeah, that, that that's fair. Some of the detail work, like when we see that little elevator bit and just kind of, we've, don't spend much focus on this like first place they go to very quickly move on to another area and yeah maybe we could have lingered a little bit longer but i don't know if that's i think maybe that comes down to more of the director yeah controls the pace no that's that's fair i i think you're right on that but it's just we go by so quickly and and people i feel like move at like point or 1.5 times speed from what they usually do yeah there's i'm even looking at a little panning shot where we see kind of like the tapestry with all these pipes in front of it and you could, it doesn't even linger on what the tapestry is it so quickly glides over everything you can't really make out what we're what we're seeing yeah and maybe that's intentional where it's like faded after 100 years that's the point could be could be but again i wish they kind of delved into that a little more but yeah no so this is kind of the first time maybe since like maybe since like some fire we've seen the fire nation in, in other previous episodes this is really where we see that this this series is steampunk yep kind of going into the miyazaki nature of it especially with who directed this but yeah you can sort of <laughs> see because you know there's some steampunk elements in every miyazaki work and some diesel punk elements in there so we finally kind of see i mean again the diesel punk kind of comes from the fire nation with their combustion engines because they have fire so they industrialize quicker but yeah we kind of see a non for the time being a non-fire bending uh side of of the world when it comes to technology yeah we we haven't seen anything really like this before and especially once we get into all the tanks and stuff later on that stuff yeah feels very out of step with what we've seen so far yeah this world is certainly progressing progressing excuse me but but um anyway yeah so yeah they keep their little tour going and eventually we get to uh kind of a statue of an airbender and then almost as quickly as ang starts to look at it the head gets just completely smashed off so that's quite the uh quite the insult injury oh yeah that uh that certainly stirs him amok really hit the uh, really hit the bees nest there eh yeah, and and then our old buddy comes shows up again, Renee. Yes, leader of the Jangs. Oh yeah, I feel like that. Yeah, I think that was the last time we saw him, Mister Odo. Maybe. Yeah, leader Zhang Prime, Zhangimus Prime. Yeah, you say his name. I I'm a little too uh, 
play Odo's name or yeah the actor I, was, I tried to say it but I've never gotten his I've never gotten his name right yeah Rene Abergenois yeah I think that's Abergenois it. yeah I think yeah you <laughs> pretty sure you said that better than I did <laughs> so yeah our old buddy yeah there he is once again and this is I think the role that most Avatar fans remember him from yeah not, not as the, yeah, uh... from James <laughs> Prime okay okay so he says he says like you know so Ang bless like like burst out at him and then he's like what are you talking about you're 12 how do you know that yeah i mean maybe he just thinks he looks 12 yeah is it an educated yeah. guess or is it like with his i'm not gonna say real nature but his nature or quotes that's interesting you mean like his uh, connection to the fire nation yes yeah, his connection later on yeah because i guess everything we're seeing here is yeah he's yeah he's being much more deceptive than maybe you'd you'd think but yeah, especially when he sniffles and he, he brings it. It's like that that seems like he's acting a bit. It's mm. putting on a, a show, a performance. Yeah, what do you think about his little sob story here about them being refugees and about how he, he thinks that he's kind of continuing on the legacy of the, the airbenders? Well, see, that's yeah. OK, that's that, that that's that's actually a point that. I don't know if the episode really goes into or not. That's a, that's a really good question. Cause this almost could have been like a lady of a lady of fortune, sorry, a fortune teller episode where we kind of slowly kind of discuss this idea of, and, and Doug Walker kind of talked about this when he reviewed the series of like uh, a traditionalist hollow sanctuary this temple that these monks built out of and then it being abandoned. And then in comes these refugees who of of, Mm -hmm. a fortune of fate, unfortunately led them here to seek shelter. And, you know, nobody else was coming around here as, you know, as, as mechanist himself says, and that's pretty much his name because we don't get a a legit name from him. Um, Hmm. um, He said, I needed somewhere to build rebuild, excuse me uh, from his village in the flood. Um, I don't know whether that was because of the fire nation or something else. <laughs> Obviously some fan fiction would be like, Oh, it was the flood that uh, was caused by uh, a jet. jet. <laughs> it's like, how do they get all these machines working quickly? Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't it, it's, it's it, ignore that. It's, it took months before. Yeah. So and these guys are fast builders. They build like ants. I don't know. They build like wasps. Yeah, possibly years before. Yes, who knows? Probably years. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, but the idea of yeah them coming into so you know the, this old building and just, you know making their own society. That's that's really it's is a is a question of like I mean is it a which side is it or is there like a moral like is there a limit where you should respect pay reverence to the old and pave over it or do you just completely like start from scratch yeah and that's that's where different philosophies come in i mean for me you know i'm i'm very much not a conservative and not in the political sense but in the sense of i don't think that there is much value in holding on to the past i think things should progress forward so ang i mean literally the airbenders at this point are extinct except for him so the fact that these people are, you know, moved into this empty building that no airbenders are ever going to live in again, according to, you know, this point in time, what people would think before Aang showed up again, 
Yeah, they absolutely have the right to, you know, this. What was this place going to be? Just a relic to the dead. So, <laughs> but I, I totally get Ang's perspective too, coming in feeling like this is a piece of my heritage that you guys have destroyed. But I mean, it would have been them or the elements, you know. <laughs> so reverence for the old, I see. So does in your philosophy, at least, or at least your mindset right now, does that mean that museums and archaeological dig sites, um, and the astronomer, uh, yeah, as astrophysicists—that's what I meant to say. Astrophysicists and astronomers um, looking up at the stars and looking at space and trying to study, like you know, how the universe was formed—is that all for naught? Like we should stop focusing on the past and uh, be in the here and now and solve the problems of today. I think if um, scientists or um, researchers want to study the past, I think that's very interesting. It can give us some new insight. Do I think we should be stuck living in the past? Absolutely not. Let's see. Which I think Ang, you know, he wants to, because again, all all his his culture is dead. I mean, <laughs> they're not coming back. So him well, being like, true. you guys need to preserve this building. I, I don't know. They're refugees. You know, they need a home. This is a place where there's plenty of room for them to live. I think that's, well, and I actually think it's kind of pretty that he was inspired by them and wanted to help his son. He was like, oh, if he can't walk on the ground, he can up in the air. He's an equal. Let's the airbenders had this great ability. What can I do to replicate? I think that's a really beautiful idea, actually. Yeah, it's taking reverence for the old. And I don't know if that's appropriating it or at least recontextualizing it in modern times. Yeah. What's the difference? What's the difference between recontextualizing for modern times and appropriation? That's another argument for itself. But. I'll uh, I'll play the side of Aang right now. Now is he being sure. you know short tempered right now? Maybe he is, and is he being out of character like he was in Batau of the Water Tribe? I don't think so. So must remember, I I shouldn't bring this up, but you must remember that Aang has only been awake for several months, and yeah. before that, what was a hundred years for him was, or for everybody else, was for him maybe twenty minutes or an hour. I don't know. Um, so he's still, and maybe the show doesn't often bring that in, but the fact that Mm -hmm. he, like, for instance, had we seen, had there not been, this episode didn't need to have, um, like it's good seating episode for what happens in the future, but this episode didn't need to have a conflict, like a, like an action conflict. This could have been in a really good, um, moral and, uh, a moral uh show or episode excuse me thank you absolutely and had we had scenes of flashbacks to when ang and maybe other airbenders were here um we could have had we could have gotten and had we uh, we would have seen ang side of the story and kind of maybe sympathize or at least again show don't tell um and so we we see what ang was feeling and again it felt like only days for him potentially mm-hmm. or not days but he you know he goes up there like it's your campsite that you go to every year and all of a sudden like 100 years later and you're still alive and you you're frozen or whatnot and you jump ahead in time and all of a sudden your campsite's gone it's like dude what is this like where's my campsite oh it's you know condominium now what is this so of course you'd probably be mighty peeved slightly more though too because he believes that it's this holy place where you know carries a lot of spiritual kind of relevance 
So this is true, but I still will state that he's still living in the past because he's still kind of stuck in the past. Yes. You know, he's, he hasn't fully gotten over it. And truth be told, I don't even know when he gets over it. I think, I don't know if the writers forget about that. Like after this book, I don't even remember now, like on book two onwards, I actually don't remember if Aang kind of like if that angst or if that baggage is still with him or not. Hey, we get to find out and relatively soon we're almost at the end. <laughs> and But then the other thing I'll, I'll go with you on this one. The other thing, had we seen the mechanists past uh, and we saw the, the flood that destroyed his village. Cause there's, there are times mm. where the episode will pan, will start like a pan or do a camera angle where they almost want to go into a flashback, but they don't instead. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this really could have been like a, a hard hitting episode again, similar to the, again, maybe similar to the divide. Um, but I don't know with, with stronger ideas, especially, especially since this is a refugee story as well. Yeah. 100%. If this had been made today, they would have excised the action bit and made it more about the ideas because a lot of the ideas in it, I think really resonate with today. We have a group of refugees trying to find a new home. It's talking about kind of cultural appropriation and what that means and, you know, when is it appropriate? And I think there's even a little bit of spiritualism versus technology. So I think those are all pretty heavy themes that all that modern kind of storytelling would give more time to breathe. Oh, yeah, really? You couldn't you couldn't you couldn't tell from like, you know, the tapestry and the pipes or the pipes. Yes, quite literal in that way but but it doesn't come up as much as the other two things i I don't think except for just thematically but but just to get move away from some of that stuff quickly because we've got more to cover in the episode that's fair (laughs) yeah no sorry i i I, we should continue i just wanted to touch upon that yeah i do like this one little bit here where it's a little bit of a setup between Sokka and the mechanist kind of um kind of uh team up throughout the episode when Sokka notices the candle their characters working very well together like we found a counterpart for Sokka, somebody that could see eye to eye to him, and he's not a bender either. Yeah, first, just to address a little bit of the mechanist, he's very much uh, one of the more eccentric characters we've seen so far, except for like uh, the King of Omashu. But just the way he like moves around, he's very fluid, and the way he speaks is very different than we usually see. Yes, there's some good character action and or um, character acting, excuse me, done here, which I like. Um, by the way, when he tells the whole spiel and gets all sappy and, and whatnot, and we see Katara and Sokka moved <laughs> and they're like crying. We just see That's her taking a bit of, yeah, bit of Aang's shirt and she like, you know, dries her tears, which I don't know why Aang's not. Well, you know, yeah. his, his emotions are kind of in another place right now because I'd probably like. Be like, oh, I'd, what are you doing? Well, <laughs> well, not just that, but I'd be like, are you doing what I think you're doing with my shirt? <laughs> oh man oh golly i will never i will never wash this shirt again oh <laughs> uh, geez <laughs> fair enough hey i don't even know when he how i don't know how often he washes his shirt all right man that's fair who even knows bud but anyway i do like the moment where Sokka notices the candles and he's immediately intrigued like how do you tell time with this candle and a cute little bit of um kind of simplistic technology there yeah, but, it appears as though these buds here don't actually have hourglasses. Or sorry, not out not, not okay, that sundials. Yeah, they they could do, but I think the mechanist likes his own inventions, you know. You no, know, that's probably true. 
Oh, oh, so it's 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 homemade inventions instead of you know what the masses are doing. Oh, okay, that doesn't sound like anything today. <laughs> Did you like his little bit about the homemade uh, sharpener that he made, where it only took three times to get it right? And Sokka just like screams. See, that's like Nickelodeon allows for that, and other stuff they don't. Like, what's what's going on here? <laughs> that's fair. Like we clearly see, like this guy doesn't have three fingers, but it's like. <laughs> Maybe I'm just being a grouch. I'm sorry. Oh, and then, then we move on to some more of the little tour, and we get what's a, a nice little piece of writing, but maybe a little too on the nose. Maybe for kids, it's a nice little piece of writing with the symbolism of the uh, the hermit crab. They're very cute. I, I, I like their design. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I know what you mean, where it's just like, and th- what was that episode? There was... There was a legit, not a, well, it wasn't an Avatar episode, but I know there was a, there was an episode of something, either it was a kid show or something else where like, where like this, the, a similar crab has to leave, like gets too big for its shell and has to find a new one. And I don't remember what it was. I don't remember the show at all, but I, oh, it's going to, oh, it's going to be in my head for a while now. Shoot, I don't even remember what it was. Maybe it was a Magic School Bus episode. Maybe not. Yeah, because they just get too big, so they have to... But I'm going to call that out and state we didn't see that. We saw the Hermit Crab. Maybe it was a subtle one. I didn't see it at all, but like... No. Like, I, as stupid as it sounds, maybe it's a lit- too literal, but like, have we seen a uh, uh, one of the Hermit Crabs getting out of its shell? First off, seeing what it looks like out of its shell and then going and finding a new shell. That would have been cool. Maybe again, maybe a little too on the nose, but at least made sense because you know, Ang says that at the very end, and it's like, um, but what did like we it looks like it's the same shell or it's yeah. just a different one? Yeah, it's just, just it's just a little symbol, it doesn't need to well, get into fair. it too much. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of symbols, here's the uh, here's the previous symbol from back way back in episode three. Oh, yeah, with the, the big door. Yeah, and we'll Bingles. see a little bit more of it. We'll see a little bit more of it later, so maybe we can save it till we get a little bit of a better look at it. But I know, I know. Yeah, I just, I, just, I, I wanted to mention it, and yeah, yeah. Again, I, I, I do. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Ang, but I also don't get me wrong. I'm not like against these guys because yeah, it's, it's pretty hard, and I, I do like Tails so far. Oh, but cutting back to uh, Sokka and the Mechanist, we have this kind of interesting scene where they're discussing how there's like this gas leak down in the basement which is a little bit of a setup for something later. It doesn't have much relevance right now, but I do like the little bit how how he uh, developed the lanterns that don't have uh, flames. But that was showing kind of his clever mind again. Yeah, hopefully this place... Like, like he was stating that this place... Um, he has, they have to be careful, or else this place uh, may be their graves because, you know, so he's... Because, you know, there's, there's all this natural gas there, right? And there's a torch... Uh, torches, you know, ignite ga- gas, and obviously it's a flammable one or inflammable because they're the same word. Um, it, it might make make things go boom. Who knows? So he was like, you know, using these fireflies to avoid being in the grave of of them. So you could say it's a grave of the fireflies. Wow, that's a long winded way to uh get to that joke. <laughs> but I guess fair enough. But <laughs> I'm not smart. Okay, I, I admit my low IQ. <laughs> It was more like, uh, remember you told me about Johnny had like a game, 
like a card game with someone and the whole he spent like the other person spent like 40 minutes and then just at the end pulled out like a like a trump card that won the whole thing and it was just like a long joke maybe it wasn't with johnny maybe it was uh, with two other friends uh it's in the recent speakeasy that i'm going to be putting out in the next like two weeks so. okay that's yeah that's over my head i mean may, maybe it's russ playing Yu-Gi-Oh again i i probably i think so maybe and then when the then when they got to the end the guy was like wow you were sitting on that this whole time you spent like 40 minutes just like picking at me just like <laughs> bit by bit so th- that's you know another another long-winded joke but <laughs> but then we uh c- cutting back to the episode we we get katara um they're trying to teach her to fly and we talk a little bit about what you already spoke about just about how Aang realizes that Theo really has the uh, the spirit of the, the airbender in him, even if he can't literally airbend. Yeah, so this is this is interesting. So remember how Aang had that dream with like Katara and Sokka at his side uh, and Sokka was the one on the um, he was on the glider and then uh, Katara was flying on a uh, giant Momo. Yeah, yep. I'm, I'm su- I, I guess it never occurred to him to do this but how can we never especially especially to like like fortune teller wise or before then why would he have not you know taught katara how to fly to get you know up close with her if that makes sense uh, maybe maybe it just didn't occur to him the flying was such like a unique thing to airbenders it I think he was even a little offended at the start that like these non-airbenders were trying to fly. It was, it was oh, like a friend to him. Yeah, so Aang's kind of a... Oh, I gotta be careful with what I say here, but he's very... Not a, not a, it's not elitist, but he's very protective almost. And um, yeah, it's, it's, he feels like it's his culture and these people are, again, the, the cultural appropriation thing. They're trying to uh, cheapen it. I can't say close-minded, but it's the maybe he does have the whole like four nations, four nations. That's it. So you stick with your nation unless you're the Avatar, and he's the Avatar. Yeah, it is strange coming from the Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> but again, his people were wiped out. You know, he feels a, a particular connection in that regard. Yeah, but just with Katara, I'm like, this is different though. Like, this is man, this is the person you have an interest in. It's like if I feel like you wanna use you you, you want to like use this move on her in a way of like here let's let's go gliding for a bit Why yeah not? sure the the wonders of the air not that she doesn't already get it with appa but... yeah well that's fair but like which <laughs> okay that's gonna come in in a second when we we finally yeah. see her do it which she you know she does and i i kind of wish okay i also wish in a revised version of this by the way i wish she i wish I wish it kind of had the same feeling. We saw it from her perspective and we kind of saw the same. Remember in the episode three when Aang did that like nosedive or well, not nosedive, but he like fell from the rafters just to go see uh, Momo for the first time. Yes. Yeah. I feel like we, I wish we had that shot, but it was like more vertigo esque, almost like scary. Like, like guitar takes like, or even guitar doesn't, do it just yet like she she's like too scared and she like doesn't do it immediately she's like i i just can't right now and then like somehow at the it, at the end of the episode she does do it and it's like this beautiful thing yeah that 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 could have been good i'm again some of the thoughtfulness is a little bit 
they are kind of speeding through this one. So, yeah, <laughs> it's nice to have these little touches, but the episode has other things in mind. Oh, yeah, certainly. Yeah, which speaking of which, yeah, now we we finally get to that door. We can talk about that a little bit more. Uh, Yeah, no, that's 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 true. I just want to point out one thing quickly. So obviously the one thing to. um, <laughs> So Aang says, like, yeah, don't have your mouth open or else you're going to get bugs, which do make sense because they're there. Um, but <laughs> and we see Momo, you know, open his mouth and grab some. How come Aang doesn't have any problems with like wind resistance or the wind? Is it just like, again, kind of personal air shield where like all the wind and resistance yeah. goes? Well, I'm going to assume so. Yeah, that's what I assume too. Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing with bugs. Maybe just bugs breeze away from him. That's that's pretty cool. It's a little personal shield for when he's gliding. That's, that's pretty cool when he's running. Uh, but then we get the joke. I, I kind of liked it. I don't know what you thought of it. Of um, <laughs> At first, it, it turns out like, oh, yeah, what's going to happen to Katara? Because she has to land. Um, we never know how she gets down because she swallowed a bug. Yeah, yeah, we never see that part. Oh yeah, before then we we quickly set up. You know, Aang, Sokka drops the mechanist's air balloon and um drops an egg as well, and they're like, ah, where is this thing? And then they go to the door because uh, yeah. Aang's just like, you know what, Teo, you're you're a pretty cool dude, and you know maybe uh you have the spirit of an airbender, so I'm gonna take you through that door. Yep. Yeah, we don't see too much of the door, really. At least at this point, we only see like a couple little locks turning. I feel like the other two, we got a real kind of lingering shot on like the full lock of it. Oh, you mean the... Oh, with the... uh, What's it called? With the episode three and then like... Are you talking the door that was at Roku's place? Yeah, because it seems like these temples just in general have like uh, element-specific locks. So Yeah, they... Okay, so the fact that they may have reused animation there i don't mind because it's the same lock so there's i don't see a problem with reusing it they just quickly went by it so i i don't maybe they redesigned some i think they recolored some stuff yeah i think it was a different color at that point but yeah different colors like i'm not i'm not gonna stay on it for a while anyway yeah i I much prefer the uh the scene with Sokka and the mechanist them coming up with the uh the whole rotten eggs and the gas uh gasoline uh kind of joke or gas actually not gasoline but <laughs> which this is uh this is one of those episodes where it's like you know bill nye the science guy <laughs> a little piece of education for kids yeah. yeah it's it's the educational episode it's so nickelodeon hey remember when Nicora never did this at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's fair mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I just like the way they come up with it together and they're both like you're a genius yeah. it's a fun little scene there it is no i i, I agree i don't deny and that's kind of how real gas works anyways because you know you smell rotten eggs somewhere that's well, at least where we are that's how it works so yeah and i still don't know how they i still don't know how they combine the smells but it's interesting but <laughs> yeah i guess they well i guess off screen at some point they threw in a bunch of rotten eggs somewhere oh i meant in real life but <laughs> oh well i'm no biochemist so i won't tell you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Nor do I work for Forest BC. And then we see the, them discovering the weapons in there with the Fire Nation kind of symbology on there. What's behind door number two? I like door number one better. <laughs> of course, immediately Sokka and the Mechanist just happened to be there. <laughs> like they were waiting for them to open up the door. Well, because there was a bell that had rang and I don't know if that was... Okay, so I think what it was was it was the alarm for the Mechanist because it's... um. 
It's mm. time for delivering goods or whatever. That's it. fair. And so he's so he was gonna go to the that this this spot anyways to you know I guess I would have loved to see how he got in there. By the way, that's that's <laughs> that's another thing I wish we had seen uh, is is how he would have gotten in there. Um, but we don't. And so he's found out that this man is not a, a collaborator. Um, not so much a sympathizer, but just kind of forced but in his hand to uh, work for the Fire Nation. Yeah, well, again, we, we, we don't know how much we can trust what this guy says after the end of this episode. So who knows? Ah, interesting. How much this we can really believe. But Okay. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, he gives us another... That gives us another sob story and they all seem pretty swayed and they're like, okay, well now we need to use your smarts to turn it against the fire nation. So, well, I mean, even tail looks crushed. Like he's sobbing right now. He's just like, well, how could you like, all yeah. this that you built for me? Like I, I can't, and just walks away. Yeah. I mean, it's fair. You find out that your dad's yeah. Collaborating with those imperialist monsters. Yeah. yeah. Pretty terrible. Those wacky guys. How could you, Dad? That's not nice. But I, I, I sort of get it from his. If, if if he is telling the truth, I, I do understand. Yeah, I mean, he's already had to uh, have his village see that destruction once. I mean, it'd be hard to go through it again. So I, I get it. Yeah. But another Fire Nation kind of creepy guy shows up, and he's like, "Where's our weapons?" Yeah. So HK, whatever his name is from Knights of the Old Republic, shows up and. Uh, I forget his name from Dishonored, but he's in there. He's a very good voice actor, I must say. I, I really enjoy his voice. Uh, he was a vulture and uh, played the vulture in Web of Shadows. Really, really good role. Wish he did more of it, but anyway. Um, yeah, not Lightning Bolt Zolt Sr., unfortunately. I wish. Yeah, Lightning Bolt Zolt Sr. would have done better than this guy. I mean, Aang shows up and slaps him once, and he's like, okay, I'm out. Yeah, he's <laughs> just like, I'm... I'm uh, words. Leaves. I'm going to go get my troops. <laughs> yeah, I will. I, 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 I will act aggressive to you as I go down this trap door. Or as I go yeah, down kind of a silly room. scene. Not not the best. Uh, you just want to <laughs> have a slide whistle like, as he goes down. <laughs> <laughs> and then Aang very quickly is like, hey, you know what? We got an advantage over these guys because we control the skies. It's sky power. Air, not <laughs> the ground. You don't want to be down there. It's not like we could have katara just create an avalanche with all that w w water and snow around wait oh yeah there you go i didn't think about that or the fact that you know we could have ang use his water bending skills and then you know turn snow to water oh wait yeah wash those troopers away they'd be all they'd be dead washing on the side of that mountain yeah the fact that they have oh i don't know water and there's fires so like also i got a question shouldn't the fire shouldn't firebenders be at least at a certain altitude, because there's less air, shouldn't their firebending be less? Maybe I'm wrong on that. I'm probably thinking too hard on that. But you know how like air gets thinner as yeah. you go higher into the atmosphere, and fire does need air to exist to at least like you know move. So I'm like, I feel like it would short, like it would go out at, as the the higher they go. To be fair, I'm not sure how much firebending we actually see here, because it turns into more kind of like war combat rather than element versus element oh no i get that i'm just saying like i'm just i'm yeah. just saying like if if say the fire nation could fly if they had flying machines which they don't um i wonder how that would behave if they went like a 
Like if they if they reach like say I don't know like fifteen fifteen k uh, meters, I don't know what their fire if their firebending would change or not, or or if um waterbenders would start to freeze if their if their water would freeze at all. I mean, it's their bite and it's going to freeze, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Uh, but we get kind of another fun scene with the mechanist and Sokka where Sokka says, yeah, Sokka's kind of describing, oh, we have this, uh, this balloon here. And, or I guess, what, what do they call him? Uh, I mean, they say hot air balloon, hot air balloon. Thank you. Yeah. He's like, oh, we have this problem. Like huh? if we, we need to find a way to stop it from just going up. And we thought we could add a hole, but it didn't work. And was Sokka the one who decided to put a, a hole with a cap on it? Yep. Basically. Yeah, and I like that Aang and Katara just kind of making fun of him. Like, look at this loser trying to show off. And they're like, oh, wait, no, that's actually pretty smart. <laughs> His science. Yeah, right. When has science ever helped us at all? <laughs> yeah, and these are like the old days. You know, this is pre pre a lot of this stuff. Or at least we thought so until this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's industrialization is near its golden age. I guess since infancy. Well, yeah, infancy. Yeah, I don't know. A Bronze Age. <laughs> a Bronze Age. Uh, sort of. But, yeah, then then basically from this point on, the episode turns into, I don't know, like the Lord of the Rings, Two Towers or something. Uh, yes. You know, at the, um, the, I was about to say the Mines of Moria. That's not, that's, that's a different story altogether. Um, it's yeah. a different one. Gondor? Is it? Uh, yeah. The second one? I don't remember. I'm not Lord of the Heads, right? Lord of the Rings Heads, excuse me. Lord of the Heads. <laughs> yeah, it's been like maybe... Maybe like seven or eight years since I watched those. So oh, yeah, it's yeah, a little bit. Oh no, I don't remember now. Um, well, I want to add that. Yeah, so the scenes go by a little fast. It's very fast pace. I guess that's okay. It's very kinetic, but I don't know. There's something's off about it. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know if you felt this, but some of these fight scenes with the tanks climbing up the sides of walls and stuff was really making me think of that Clone Wars movie. <laughs> okay you i didn't even think about that that's because there was something else i was thinking about that had to do with him so when they first go down into the clouds and then they come out and we see all the foot soldiers and the, the spear throwers mm-hmm. which none of them by the way start throwing spears i'm kind of surprised by that i mean they're holding the line that's fine like that's what spears is for but spears are also for throwing unless those weren't throwing spears so maybe i'm oh, wait. that they are pulling the snow down on them. Yeah, <laughs> but I meant water bending. He's just using his air screw That's to fair. like, you know, to 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 like use the snow. It's like, dude, you can do that. So I'll 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 talk about CG wars in a second. But sure, I immediately thought of when they came in from the clouds of when both the wolf cubs and then mm-hmm. uh, Mama Wolf herself in Princess Mononoke when Eboshi. Uh, is leading her troops back from getting resources and they attack. I immediately thought of that. I was like, oh my goodness, it's not the same, but I could sort of see a resemblance here. Yeah, definitely a minor resemblance. Yep, absolutely. But then, yeah, when we, you know, we, we see that they're, they need ammo, like some, like everybody's participating in this. A lot of like the gliders, I guess, are, are participating in this. We see, and then we see like, <laughs> Um, Katara, Momo, and Appa being like the supply depot for where they like get their bombs. Um, and then we see, yeah, the the um, harpoons come in, and it's 
Yeah, that's hilarious. I did not think of that at all. Yeah, maybe it's just on my mind too much, you know. <laughs> I guess it is. Uh, yeah, it shows you how much of an impression it made on us. <laughs> but it is Dave Filoni, you know, I, I thought there was some DNA there. I didn't think of that at all. That's no. that's totally true. But like like those scenes in the Clone Wars, this kind of action just doesn't do that much for me. So well, I just kind of sat, sat here and watched it and just kind of like, okay. That's fair, but, but for me, this works because this is the first time we see the tanks. Yeah, that's that's um, fair. That's fair. I'd... This is our introduction to the tanks, and I think they are really cool. Um, yeah. And keep in mind, this is from the other side. Like, it's the more technologically advanced um, culture against, like, non-culture or non-technologically advanced people. Sort of. And we see some bending versus tank bending versus technology bits that's that's kind of fun but yeah for the most part it doesn't do too much for me all this stuff but uh you know i think it would if it was i can't say animated better but i feel like i don't know it seems very basic like like what did you think of for instance the tank sequence in last crusade um well last crusade's one of my favorite least favorite uh Indiana Jones movies. I, I, I enjoy it. I, I just feel like it goes on way too long. Yeah, no, I, I I see your point. And I feel like some of that's here too. Like there's a lot of this that doesn't even have any dialogue. It's just kind of you're watching and it's just kind of washes over me. It's not terrible. It doesn't go so long that I'm like checking my watch, but it it just doesn't do that much for me. I'm, yeah. I'm just kind of sitting here. Basically <laughs> for, for, for our audience, um, if you want to see like a, 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 an action scene that Caleb does kind of enjoy. Uh, same thing with like the end of Avengers Assemble, where like it's all of a sudden the New York se- battle sequence, and you just see them doing their their routine. It's almost like a routine where you just see like the montage of like them killing mm-hmm. the Chachari and whatnot. For for I guess the fight scene that Caleb would like, um, go over to our other channel and see or listen to our. I th- I think it's all three of them, but I'm pretty sure it's, I'm thinking more of the first one, the uh, Godzilla planet of the monsters, because there's mm. some action sequences in there that he absolutely adores and praises. Yeah. And it helps that those ones. Cause a lot of those are similar to this, or at least the first one where it's, you know, like kind of mech and tank violence against uh, like, well, there's the monsters, which helps. <laughs> I always love monsters. It's one big creature. <laughs> But it helps, you know, having a grounding of what the plan is. You're kind of watching the the kind of, you know, plan unveil itself. I, I don't really know what the plan is with these guys. I mean, they just kind of say, we've got air power. And the next thing you know, the, the fight starts. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. It's, it's kind of similar to the end part of, like, Return of the Jedi with, like, the Ewoks. <laughs> oh, I can see, yeah. See a little connection there, too. Yeah, sort of. Sort of. But, yeah, when, um, but then... So Teo comes in and uh, not comes in, but is is they, they keep trying like all their slime, smoke bombs, stink bombs, and explosive bombs that do non damage. By the way, I forgot to mention when they were like blowing up and or like Aang started like riding along the snowbank to like throw a bunch of those guys off. Those guys were dead. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure those guys died. Like probably pacifist my rear or at least non-lethal pacifist my rear it's war you know it is still that's part of ang's principles and 
there's scenes where their actions would have caused the tanks to fall to their death, but the tanks just happen to be able to hook back up. And I think that's cool. Climbing, I think so. that's that's pretty cool. Like like good design. I mean, that's also a point of like these were designed by the mechanist himself. So it just shows how like effective or maybe they like made him do it. So it's like, I don't know. I think I, I like that. It's, it's, it's a weird twist of like they have to defeat his own dimensions. And Teo comes in and is like, you know, my dad was talking about counterbalancing and having something to do with water. Hmm. If only we had a water bender. Oh, wait, we do. And we also have an avatar. So, yeah, we see Katara come in and she starts, you know, doing some fancy, well, not fancy, basic like water moves, hand moves. And yeah, I don't know. I just it could be more stuff to it. And then Appa comes in and just like headbutts two of them. <laughs> Yeah, I'm already past all this stuff. I, yeah, yeah, for I just... sure. <laughs> so go ahead. Yeah, we, we get to the end there, and they're all kind of... Unless you've... Again, if, if you have things about the action scene you wanted to say, fair enough, I just don't have anything. No, so. just the reveal of the, the balloon. <laughs> yeah, the reveal of the balloon. There you go. That is a cool bit. I like that. But then, yeah, we, we get a little kind of reprieve here at the end where they're all, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da. Da, 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 da. <laughs> oh well i was mostly well okay with the balloon i just meant like okay so we have the balloon uh they avoid the the fire nation for some reason fail at their spot check to see that oh hey it's a flying object wait there's a flying object in the sky and it's got the and it's what it's not it's one of ours what i wasn't notified of this shoot it down oh I, I wasn't notified wait okay hang on wait, 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 wait that's right um there's another one. Leave it alone, or whatever he says. And thus, Star Wars continued as it, as it did. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just thinking of the two gunners in the beginning of Episode Four, where they don't shoot down the escape pod. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where they got they, they clearly should have shot down the mechanist and Sokka. And then, anyways, to again even further add question me questioning the mortality rate here. Um, they need to, you know, they run out of bombs and they're getting desperate. It's like, okay, wait, all of a sudden they smell the gas. It's like, all right, let's take the furnace and let's huck it down there. And uh, let's see if it goes boom. By some stupid coincidence as if like an earthbender was holding it up or Atlas himself was holding it up. Like most of the mountain goes boom, creates a giant crevasse that could maybe be extended with tethers and ropes from the tanks. I don't know. And a bridge could be constructed out of it. But, yeah, how many firebenders died that day is beyond me. <laughs> yeah. See, like, in, in CG Wars, it's fine because it's droids. This is not CG Wars. These are living, breathing humans. But, yeah, we get, like, their little yeah, little Ewok celebration scene. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, Nub Nub. I can't remember that song now. Nub Nub, yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> how can you forget that song? <laughs> I remember the special edition one. That one sticks in my head more whatever reason uh poll of how many people like that one over the other one excuse <laughs> me but yeah and, and they're all like oh yeah you know we've got an advantage the fire nation doesn't have air power and then we cut over to the mechanist and he's like nope that's not true because i screwed up and then we see the fire nation troops yeah uh filling up their balloon as credits roll 
Yeah, where they saw that and they were like, hey, I may have seen some fire come out of the uh, furnace there. So let's see what happens if we put our fire. Hey, look at that. We can make this thing go up. Yeah. That's, uh... But, yeah, but there there we are. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, come come to the end. What do you think of this one? I think I kind of made my... I think I pretty much explained myself and you could see my feelings on my sleeve. Um. <laughs> I I think this is a middle of the road one for me. I don't hate it necessarily, but I think mm. they should have just focused on one or the other. Like, could mm-hmm. could you have imagined? Okay, here's here's another idea. The mechanist wasn't here, and all of a sudden, oh man, this is this is interesting. So it's it's almost like the fog. Oh man, imagine this. Imagine this. Like they go to the Northern Air Temple, and then all of a sudden, bam! Like these. These, uh, this is filler episode of Iversot. These new troops and these with this technology, uh, fire, fire nation come in and they start swarming Ankatar and Sokka, and it's up to those three and Appa and Momo to like defend, defeat them. Could be cool, like hold the line. Like, that's like, uh, what do you call Tartakovsky it? Tartakovsky Clone Wars, Tartakovsky Clone Wars, and I'm also thinking Assault on Precinct 13. Oh, yeah, yep, could be. And they have to do it all non lethally, like, man. That'd be something. Yeah, uh, that that could definitely be cool. They'd have to animate it right because yeah, the the some of the action scenes in this one are pretty dull in terms of just the the way it's animated. And yeah, I feel you know I feel like this was near the end of production. I don't know if this was in order, but maybe mm. this is like towards the end of production, and they only had like so much money left over. Like they saved it all for the finale. So they're like, ah, crap, we have like one episode mm. or two left. So we have to like, we got to, we got to pick our, especially with what happens in the next three, but um, the setting, I mean, but so we only have like limited budget with this one. I don't know. I'm not yeah. saying like anybody on is a bad animator at DR movie in this one. I'm just saying like, I've, I've seen better from them and I'm not just talking about like Tokyo Godfathers. <laughs> yeah. And I'll say for my final thoughts, I think the reason that I'm so kind of, disinterested in the ending is there are so many ideas and kind of interesting concepts that are completely dropped and it just turns into kind of dull kind of war action for like i don't know like five six minutes and then mm. they never go back to the ideas that they that they opened up yes it just kind of it's done so it's like oh okay. no that's true that that absolutely is true and unfortunately we have to kind of end the conversation here a little prematurely uh for whatever reason isaac wasn't picked up after this for the next like three or four minutes will be properly ended it but anyway i hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you on the next one peace
This section of the podcast contains spoilers for all seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Enter at your peril. Yeah, and this this will probably go in the spoiler section, but I was, you know, she she became kind of a bigger presence as it went on. She even wrote uh, Zuko alone. I guess whenever they wanted to do kind of a defining character story, they would kind of give it to her, like she also did um, uh, the Avatar and the Fire Lord. So kind of some more backstory, uh, kind of character focused okay, yeah. episodes. I like that. Yeah, I wonder if she'll. Uh, I gotta now. I'm gonna pay attention to the Dragon Prince and see if she uh, appears in that at all. It's it's her husband's show, so I assume that she'll like have some. Well, you did your research, so maybe I don't. Is she on Dragon Prince? Um, I I don't I didn't see anything related to that. Maybe she's a staff writer as well, but I don't know. I saw some people hinting that maybe they weren't together anymore. Oh, but I couldn't find anything to back it up. No, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know if like IMDb lists Erin Haas is still married to her or not. That's a good point yeah i'm not sure pretty sure they on on imdb just not not to him but like i'm pretty sure they do uh state whether if they've been married and uh, who the previous spouse was yeah if anyone updates it if anyone knows but <laughs> unless somebody's messing with that site again well, that's mostly wikipedia not so much imdb they're a little more serious <laughs> when it comes to that kind of stuff yeah i just looked him up oh it looks like he is divorced yeah with her okay makes yeah. sense this all is starting to make sense. Maybe that's why I didn't return for Korra. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably not. But yeah, probably not. Yeah. So, so one thing I need to, before we keep moving on, is uh, this is very important. So I cannot believe, I don't know if this was Elizabeth or this was Brian or, or, or Aaron or Mike or, or Dave, but... They set up Zaheer. Did they? They did. Oh, please explain. Spoilers, of course. But... Okay, so did you did you happen to overhear what the story was about? Um, I did, but I listened to it this morning. I don't exactly remember what it was. No, that's fair. I, I'm okay with that. He talked about how that there are some people who were able to um, release their restraints from gravity itself, release the tethers from gravity, and fly independently from it. Oh, okay. It's been a while since I watched that season of Korra. Is that season three? That's book three, yes. Book three, thank you. And that's the whole, like, that's that's his whole mantra the whole time when he goes like, oh, I knew this not off by heart, but um, I know the Green Lantern Oath off by heart, but like, <laughs> I don't remember Zaheer's mantra. What did, how did it go? Um, Become wind. That's the last thing. Mm, okay. Let go of your earthly tether. Enter the void become wind oh that's cool that's cool yeah a little bit of a yeah i thought the full thing but i was like yo no way like this early on holy smoke that's a that's a coincidence i'm calling it right now that's a coincidence or maybe it even inspired them i'm gonna just go with the same thing of like yeah that was that somebody was doing their like one of the like either josh hamilton or tim uh hendricks or whoever the last writer was in that series joaquin de santos was i think he did both 
writing and directing. I don't remember. Sorry, Joaquin. But yeah, we'll get to it. Person <laughs> they, but they probably went back and were searching for, you know, mythology in the show. And were like, let's use stuff from the show beforehand because that's not the stupidest idea because use concepts yeah. that was an offhanded line and apply it in another series. I think that's complete genius. Mm-hmm. That's 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 what you do, Star Wars. That's that's how you do it. Not rehash the same main plots. Rehash side plots that were said offhand. No, I'm not talking about you, Solo. Yep, and just think, I mean, I mean, when does Core take place? Like 20 years from now? 25 years from now around there? 25? No. Yeah, well, what what ain what age did Aang die at? Was he? Oh, I guess not. Yeah, I maybe I was thinking more like fifty years from now. <laughs> no, it was it was eighty years after Aang died. Oh, eighty years! Wow. Yeah, eighty years. So I was just well, thinking of Katara's not, age. Oh, sorry, sorry, not eighty years after Aang died. That's probably when the next. That's when the Earth Avatar comes around. <laughs> um, no, it's um, what's what's it called? It's um. No, it's 80 years after the original series, like when the series ends. So he's like 180-something by that point. Well, I guess maybe I was just forgetting that they ate, because I was thinking Katara. I thought maybe she was like in her like 70s, 80s there. She's getting up there. You're going to remember that. Remember, she's not going to die until she has her third great-great-grandchild. Yeah, but what is it? Great-grandchild. Do they live to like 200? I mean, how? <laughs> well, the avatars can because they can extend their lifespan, which I was saying for a long time how Yoda lived, but you know, you didn't believe me. With with what? With Yoda? I swear he uses the force to like live longer. Yeah, he, he could do. I mean, but again, we don't know anything about his species, so it's yeah, hard we to don't, well, yeah, I don't really care. Well, that's, that's not true. It's, that, well, that's not the point. Yeah, they don't they don't tell us in the the original series. I mean, they change it now. Mandalorian says that the baby's like 50, but but again, it was never there. They could fill in whatever they want. It really doesn't matter. It's all fanfic anyway. But yeah, it's all fanfic anyway. This but yeah, no, just remember that. I you know, if it, because well, hang on a second because Katara does Tai Chi in a way. Combat Tai Chi, but maybe she still practices it anyway. Her uh her bones and joints might be really good. Um, she's not tough in Korra, but she can at least like move around and stuff. So I'm going to assume she'll maybe live to like 110. Yeah, could do. He does feel like an ending obviously says this later, but honestly, like if, um, if harmonic convergence had happened in Aang's timeline, I guarantee you tail would have been blessed with airbending. Like this this hmm. kid would have been an airbender immediately. Like he just he has the spirit of it. Like he he most certainly would be an airbender, and he'd be a wonderful airbender. He'd be able to. Heck, he would actually be able to uh, with Ang's glider glide without having to be in a wheelchair. Like think about that. Yeah, yeah. Because because he would be able to like obviously he had to practice a lot, but he would be able to. He, he's not. Again, he's not lifting himself off the earth like gravity. Like he's not Zaheer, where he literally detached himself from the, the his earthbound bound chains. This is just like he's using uh, weight. Not, not well, weightness, weightlessness is what the term is for what Zaheer has. But no, he's just using the air to to glide off of, so he could support his whole body uh, in the air like that. So I think that'd be kind of cool. 
yeah, that that would definitely be a, a big help for people like that who have yeah physical disabilities. Having those elements would definitely yeah, especially life. especially Earth. I think Earth would work for him. Uh, water could work if he was in the water, but I don't know how fire would work. <laughs> Yeah, especially like yeah, yeah. If you think about that with other disability, like a person who, like, okay, yeah. Sorry, I know you don't want to go here, but now you got me thinking. So we have like, we obviously know who's next because this is not the only disability person we're going to see in the show. Um, there's a another prominent one, but if yeah, there's there's no as far as I'm aware, there's nobody deaf or sorry, hard of hearing or audio impaired. Um. But yeah, I wonder how that would work. Goodness gracious, that that'd be interesting. We have a mute character that's later on. Um, touchless, golly, that would suck. Like just not being able to feel your sense of touch and like feel. Jeez, especially certain abilities later on, like that that'd be bad. And smell. I mean, nobody talks about that, but I still feel like that would that would have a problem there. And did I go and taste again? Nobody talks about that. You just, you just can't taste but yeah it'd be interesting to see what like how a person of each disability would be able to use their uh elements to get through life yeah a lot of fiction these days tries, tries to spotlight disabilities more i find so maybe we'll see some more of that in the new uh, avatar projects that we get yeah maybe or maybe netflix avatar who knows you never know yeah it could be So I agree, middle of the road. It's got a lot of cool stuff in the first half, but by the end, yeah, it just kind of, it just kind of loses its its steam. How really. <laughs> steam? Yeah. <laughs> um. However, unfortunately, this is a pivotal episode. Like this is a mm. episode that did need to happen for reasons of the finale. When we when we get to that eventually. Yeah, which we're gonna be coming pretty soon. It's pretty crazy. No, no, again. no, not the not that finale. I mean the series finale. Well, that's that's fair. I was just thinking of the. I just keep thinking of that uh, season one finale. I'm no, really excited that's to talk fair. about that. I get that. But yeah, I, I get what you mean. Yeah. In the spoiler section again. <laughs> but just keep reminding myself so I don't uh, make the screw up like I did that one episode. Yeah. Fudge <laughs> something up and get Edgar in your face. <laughs> Edgar. Oh, my God. Egg <laughs> on your face. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, maybe you want, I, don't, a... I don't think you want a guy named Edgar on your face or something with the name Edgar on your face. Yeah, I thought you were making a Men in Black reference. Uh, two, one. Uh, Edgar was the uh, the Kingpin actor. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. The guy from... Oh, wait, I can't say that. We're going to say uh, a, a recent F, uh, Disney Plus show. Uh, <laughs> just Netflix, finished today. That's, that's funny. Oh, you just finished eh? Yeah. Nice. I finished Hawkeye today. Was he in like one of the final episodes or was he just in the middle of the like run? Last two. Shoot, man. That's. Yeah, something else, eh? I was shocked. Absolutely shocked. Oh, yeah. Geekvolution spoiled it for me again. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Because I just went, I, I just, I, I was going to like get rid of, check off all the messages on their discord and i just saw like vincent d'onofrio as the kingpin i'm like son of a gun son of a gun they got me 